0: big 10 preview edition big 10 tournament coming up begins actually this evening. This is uh, Wednesday. We've got two games tonight. We've got uh, you know uh, a couple of games that, you know, play in games, I guess you would call them Minnesota, Northwestern, Penn state, Nebraska, uh, a couple of games that maybe don't have the same interests as the rest, but we know that the big 10 tournament is going to be loaded beginning on Thursday. So for this preview edition, we're going to have uh, four insiders, uh, actually five, I guess become myself, covering Illinois, four insiders covering the top five teams in the Big Ten from Adam Jardy covering Ohio State, Brian Newbert who covers Purdue, Tom Caker covers Ira, Clayton Safe, who covers Michigan. Each of those guys, we're going to get a rundown on where they're at um, heading into the Big Ten tournament, what they see, uh, find out their, uh, their prognostication abilities a little bit and see where they're at, see what uh, they're thinking about the Big Ten tournament coming up. Each one of those guys is going to join us here today um, for a few minutes and just kind of go through and break down each team and uh, maybe the health status, uh, what their goal is, where they see them fitting into the NCAA tournament moving forward. So that's
1: 30 for 30 this week. We'll be uh, first guest coming up in just a little bit. So as we look at Wednesday's games, Tonight,
0: you've got Minnesota and Northwestern in the first game of the night, uh, 5.30 p.m. Central Time, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Big Ten Network. Uh, you got a couple of teams, Northwestern, of course, started off with the hot start in the Big Ten with a couple of key wins, and then uh, kind of fell off, losing a a bunch of games in a row, really struggling. Minnesota also started well in the Big Ten with a couple of wins, actually had a nice win over Michigan early, um, and, and then just fell apart down the stretch, finished 13th in the league. Um, you know they've got a couple of really nice players. Obviously Marcus Carr's really good, um, but I, I think that's a that's a kind of a good matchup though, <laughs> in in the sense that you don't know which team's going to show up for either one of them. They've been pretty inconsistent. The other game, you Penn State Nebraska Wednesday night. You've got Penn State, who is um, a team I think is probably better than than their record indicates. They played tough against some really good teams. That, you know, played Michigan in a four point game. They were up nineteen to four in Illinois, if you recall, um, in that first. First uh, meeting, and so uh, they play Nebraska. Nebraska, of course, has played more cohesively, I think, since Teddy Allen left. But don't don't have the physical talent of the other teams in the Big Ten at this point. So they definitely uh, have some, uh, you know, road some ways to go before they're able to compete at the top of the conference. And that plays into the four games on Thursday, which I think are going to be really intriguing matchups. And uh, looking forward, I starting with Michigan State and Maryland, then the winner of the Minnesota northwest game will get Ohio State. We know that they've already beat Ohio State uh, Northwestern. So um, then you've got Indiana and Rutgers, and Illinois would get the winner of that game. And then the Penn State Nebraska winner will take on Wisconsin, who is really struggling uh, down the stretch here. I mean, it, they played some good games, but just haven't found a way to win. So really intriguing uh, set of matchups tomorrow. Really looking forward to that day. Of course, the you know the Big Ten tournament this year is is likely uh, when you get to the final. Uh, semifinals on Saturday even the quarterfinals on Friday just an amazing set of matchups I mean you've got you could have another Michigan State Michigan rematch you could have Purdue and Ohio State you could have Illinois Indiana and Illinois Rutgers you could have Iowa Wisconsin rematch and that was a great game
1: on Sunday um, so you this Big Ten tournament is going to be a lot of fun for sure Joining us now is Tom
0: Caker from the Hawkeye Report. He covers Iowa basketball, football, and recruiting, and a little bit of everything over there. Um, everything that goes on in Hawkeye Nation, he knows exactly what's happening. So, Tom, you've got a, the Iowa team is, uh, you know, had a great season, finished really strong. They've, they've won a lot of games down the stretch here, playing really well, it seems like right now. And at, Probably outside of Illinois, it seems like they might be playing uh, the best basketball. They've won uh, seven of eight, heading into the Big Ten tourney and
2: where where, where's Iowa at right now as a team you know I think there there was kind of a I don't know a a turning point moment for them and that was the Ohio State game uh, the first time around when they played in Iowa City and lost that game Ohio State scored 89 points and Fran McCaffrey kind of challenged them because their defense was trending badly it was 130 plus in Ken Palm and adjusted defensive efficiency. And that's, uh, you know, if you don't follow Ken Palm, that's not very good. uh, And you are not gonna last very long in March. Now, as we talked this morning, there are 61 in the country in that. So they've, they've, you know, made a drastic improvement uh, defensively. They've, uh, they're under, since that point, they're under, uh, it's 0.98 points per possession allowed, which is a, a pretty good number. Uh, that's going to win you a lot of basketball games, especially when your, your offense is generally about uh, 1.2 points per possession. Uh, I'm not good at math, uh, but <laughs> that's going to help you. The big story for Iowa right now going into this Big Ten tournament is the health of Joe Wieskamp. He rolled his ankle uh, in the final home game. He was off to a terrific start in that game, had scored 12 points, 5 of 5 from the field, um he was it, it was funny after the game Fran mccaffrey luca garza jordan bohannon all independently said joe was headed to like a 40 point game he was just in one of those things where you know he had just hit like a contested jumper with two guys coming at him from three it was he was just in one of those groups where he was going to go off and he rolls his ankle um we don't know exactly what his status is going to be Uh, For the Big Ten tournament, Fran McCaffrey said on Tuesday that he was not going to practice. And that's not a surprise. I didn't think he would practice because he rolled it pretty good. Uh, The question is, will he be available Friday? Um, Are they going to sit him just looking at the bigger picture, um, which is the following week and getting your, you know, arguably second best player, uh, I think it's fair to say. um, I would agree. Having him healthy for what The, the, you know, uh, Big Ten tournaments are great and they're fun, but your, your seasons are defined by what happens in the NCAA tournament. You could win a Big Ten tournament, but if you go, uh, if you go out in a blaze of glory and won, I, I just go back to like 2006, Iowa won the Big Ten tournament. That was with Jeff Horner, Greg Bruner, Adam Haluska. It was Horner and Bruner's senior year. They beat Ohio State in the championship game. They're feeling great. And then they get beat by Northwestern State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. What does everybody remember about that season? They remember them losing to Northwestern State. They don't remember them beating Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament. March is about the NCAAs. Yeah, I
0: agree completely. Wieskamp's a, such a good player. He, he really, for me, I you know, I, Luka Garza's great. I think Wieskamp's really good. I think he belonged on the uh, second team, all Big Ten. He's that, sure. he's just a r- really good player. He's, uh, you know, his health obviously is important. When they played Illinois before, C.J. Fredrickson was out. Is he, is he back in?
2: Yeah, he's back to um, – he's battling – you know, they've never disclosed it, but I think uh, Jay Billis wrote about it uh, in his, like, rankings of top 68 teams or whatever he does every week. Um, he wrote that C.J. Frederick has plantar fascia. In, in his foot. So that's not something that's going to get better overnight. If you've ever had it, it's, it's a pain literally in your foot and it's, uh, and it hurts the minute you wake up and you limp around and you, there's no like tried and true method, but he seems to be playing a lot better, feeling better. So they'll have him available uh, if I and Illinois end up meeting on Saturday, um, you know, but Iowa may end up have play Wisconsin in essentially back to back games, And that's going to you know, if it's Wisconsin that they end up meeting, it's going to be a fired up Badger team because, uh, and I'm kind of amazed, Greg Gard went after the officials, after that game, and I have seen nothing from the conference yet, and normally this conference comes right out and says, here's your reprimand, Uh, you need to pipe down, and they have said nothing so far, so he he took up for his players, I think Wisconsin is going to be uh, kind of fired up, and they've been struggling, so I think they're going to be fired up if they get Iowa again
0: yeah you, you look at you know that's a rematch of a game that was really hotly contested and came down to the wire and you know, controversial hook and hold all those funny all those things that add into it it makes it fun and you know I agree with you I, I I was surprised I thought guard would at least get a fine you know and a reprimand or something like that and there hasn't been anything yet um and you know that's surprising um from the Big Ten of course the Big Big Ten this year isn't Maybe have the same leadership they've had in the past. Um, let's be honest here. So it's been yeah. a
2: little bit they, different. They hit they hit the Penn State coach pretty hard. They with did a ten thousand dollars fine earlier this year for what I thought was kind of an innocuous comment. It wasn't uh, very pointed at all. Yeah. And this was this was nobody asked him a question. He opened up and just <laughs> yeah. unloaded a can on on the entire officiating and. I got a feeling uh, that this weekend we're going to be talking a lot about Big Ten officials once again because <laughs> I just I just think that's the way it's going to be.
0: Yep. Well, you know, it always makes it fun, fun for fans to talk about that. So, Thomas, you look at the uh, Big Ten tournament here. Sure. What do you have a do you have a team that maybe uh, from the you know we've got the top five and those top five teams seem to be you know. Purdue, I'm including in that top five because, you know, they're ranked in the top 20. And but. then you've got, are
2: there any sleeper teams you're looking at
0: outside that group that maybe could make a run here?
2: You know, Purdue is my, kind of my sleeper, but they're a top four. But, um, you know, I think people are sleeping on them big time. Uh, you wonder if Ohio State's going to kind of get get their magic back. Um, I just think they're they're a small team and that's what's really hurt them is that the big 10, if you look at that first team, all big 10, you have like four centers on there. You know, yeah. there's just, they don't have guys to contend with Kofi Coburn, uh, Luca Garza, uh, Hunter Dickinson. They, they really don't even have guys to contend with Trace Jackson Davis. Um, right. You know, Miles Johnson from Rutgers. They just don't have those type of uh, guys, but that would be, you know, beyond those top four, I think maybe Ohio state, um, would anybody be surprised if Tom Izzo made a run though? I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't. I, and you know, I, they're going to go against a banged up Michigan team that might not have Eli Brooks that they just beat. They're going to have some confidence and you can see them, uh, you know, for the, for overall, for the tournament, I've kind of, I, I picked Purdue and Illinois to meet in the championship game. I just, I think Purdue's just trending in the right direction. Um, they're, playing really well. They're playing with a lot of confidence um, and Illinois is playing as well as anybody in the country right now. So so I just think those, you know, banged up Iowa team down there in the bottom with them, uh, there's advantage Illinois, especially if Joe Wieskamp doesn't play and uh, I don't think Wisconsin's um, a good matchup for Illinois. I just think that that Wisconsin would be in trouble if they beat Iowa and, and they have to go against Illinois. So, I just say I think it's Purdue and Illinois, and I think that would be a real good contrast in styles game.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a that could be a good matchup. you know, and the one thing about this, I, I told somebody earlier today, I was talking to a coach, college coach who, Uh, on the phone this morning and I said uh, I said you know when you get to the final four in this big 10 tournament it's a legit it could be the final four like I mean you have teams there you could have four top 10 teams playing in the in the in the uh, semifinals of the uh, big 10 tournament which is that's a pretty good conference this year I mean obviously legendary I guess you would say it's uh, historically good so um, it's been fun all right well hey Tom thanks I appreciate thanks for coming on. Um, We're going to hopefully see you in Indy um, this weekend. Tom Caker from Hawkeye Report. Thanks for joining Sturdy for 30, and uh, we'll we'll see you next time.
1: Sturdy for 30 Big Ten preview
0: here with Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch. He is the expert in all things Ohio State, and he's going to talk to us about Ohio State basketball. Now, Adam, I have to ask a question. Ohio State is lost four in a row, but they might be the most dangerous team that's lost four in a row that I've seen when you consider who they've lost to, how they've lost, and uh, it seems like they're a team that probably is pretty hungry heading into this Big Ten turning.
3: Yeah, I think that's an accurate assessment of them, and, and you're right. It, it's hard to know exactly how much to make of a four-game losing streak where you lose by five to Michigan, you lose by four to Michigan State, and you lose by five to Illinois. Um, I mean, those are all really, really solid teams. And um, they've played some good basketball in these stretches, um, just haven't gotten the results. And I, I think, yeah, if you're Ohio State, you're certainly hoping that you can harness that in a positive way where you say, you know what, we are better than these results show. Like, let's go out and actually – win a game. And I think they're going to have an opportunity to do that with whoever they get in that first round matchup.
0: Yeah. They're, they're still ranked in the top 10 of the country. They're still ranked in the top 10 in Ken Palm. They're still ranked. I mean, the, 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 numbers still love them, you know, in the sense that they're going to be a, you know, a top two and I, I guess they could slide to a three it's possible, but I mean, I, I think they're definitely locked into that two, three line. And so they're, they're a te- that's a really good team, but yet sometimes we look at it as being a team that lost four to rope. We forget about them and, and they're the, and the crazy part about it, they're a top 10 team nationally, but they're fifth, the fifth seed in the Big Ten. What's that yes. say about the depth of this conference?
3: Yeah, it's wild. I mean, like like you said, they're on a four-game losing streak, and they're still the number nine team in the country, and they're still a two seed. I mean, um, it does require a little bit of perspective, you're right, because they do have some really impressive wins this season, and then you're sitting here talking about them being a five seed in the tournament, despite being ninth in the country. I mean, like those numbers don't, it doesn't add up, like that doesn't <laughs> happen in a normal year, so... It is, very, it is very strange, and it does tell you just how well regarded the Big Ten is from, I don't want to say top to bottom, because I don't think people are going to, I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke at people about Nebraska or Northwestern or, frankly, Minnesota, you know, for the last two months. But I think it does tell you that at the top of the Big Ten, uh, there are legitimate national championship contenders, and Ohio State had the fortune, of, misfortune of facing most of them down the stretch.
0: Yeah, it's a how is Ohio State? I mean, it seems like uh, they're are they a pretty healthy team right now? I feel like they've got everybody back and kind of on the same. I know they had some guys miss some games, you know, whether it was a concussion or whether, you know, ankle, whatever it was. It seems like they're healthy now and ready to go.
3: They're, they're getting there. Um, I, I have concerns about like if this team were to try to put together a run of four games in four days. I don't know some of these guys how they could physically do it. Um, They do have a few guys like Kyle Young is still missing days of practice here and there. Seth Towns is missing days of practice here and there. Justice Sewing has been dealing with a groin injury. Uh, CJ Walker is still playing with torn ligaments in his hand. So um, some of these things just won't get better until they can take a couple of weeks or a month or however long they need off. Um, So they're, I would say they're, they're in a better health position health wise than they were uh, two weeks ago. Uh, You know, when they're in the middle of this stretch, they they went they, they had um, Michigan at home they went on a Sunday went to Michigan State on Thursday and then had uh, Iowa at home on Saturday or Sunday that was that was a lot there was a lot of high level basketball in the span of seven or eight days and it physically caught up with them and I think that's why the Iowa game was such a blowout I thought they looked more refreshed and they looked more energetic against Illinois. Uh, they just didn't make shots down the, down the stretch. I think they'll look more like the team we saw against Illinois than the team we saw against Iowa, which means that they're at least at least a little bit healthier than they were two weeks ago.
0: So as you, you look at the big 10, obviously I, I, I have Ohio state down as one of my uh, you know, you know, top teams, but is, is there a team outside that top five, you know, that the top five have kind of settled themselves. I'm produced kind of snuck in there, I guess, yes, and played well yes. on the stretch, but Outside of that top five, is there a team you see making a run outside the top five?
3: Well, I'm really intrigued by the Michigan State-Maryland game um, because those are two teams that I have I feel like I had a pretty good handle on them about a month ago, and then they they kind of played their way uh, and forced my hand a little bit where I had to reevaluate them. Um, I don't know that I like either of their chances against Michigan on the second day. I mean, obviously Michigan State beat Michigan just you know to close the regular season, but uh, I, I feel like Michigan probably wins that rubber match there. Um and I don't know that Maryland has the firepower to, to knock off Michigan. So if I start looking for like a team that's playing on Thursday that I think could make a run, um, I don't like Wisconsin. I don't like Indiana. Um, maybe give me Rutgers. Um, just, I don't know. I feel like they, they went through a rough spell and then maybe started to play a little bit better late. Um, it's, it's hard for me to pick like a major upset here, honestly. I mean, unless like if, I do think Ohio State has a legitimate chance to, to find its way into Saturday, um, you know, and, and maybe they probably have the most – I thought this is the most favorable draw for Ohio State because if they win on – if it wins on Thursday, it doesn't have to play Michigan, Illinois, or Purdue on Friday. And I think you want to avoid those three teams at all costs.
0: Yeah, so as you, you look at these teams and is – do you have a favorite heading into this? Is there a team that you think uh, is the, the favorite to win this tournament?
3: Uh, right now I might, I'd probably have to go with Illinois. Um, I just think that's a team that um, from what I've seen and from watching them the other day, I mean, they're just they're just at such a really good level right now. They're just playing. I like the spirit of their team. And I like that they're coming into this tournament thinking they've got something extra to prove. Yeah, I mean, there's something to that that like, you know, I don't know who it was, but someone was walking off the court after the game the other day with a handmade sign. that said Big Ten champs. I mean, this that is a thing. And I think we all want to see Illinois and Michigan in that championship game and see them maybe try to settle it. Um, But I I just – I like the way they're playing. I like the fact that they played so well without Io, and then he comes back, and then they win in a gritty way down the stretch against a desperate Ohio State team. So they would be the team I'm looking at. And as an aside, give them both the championship this year. Why are we not talking about the fact that you could just name them both Big Ten champs? Because they both have legitimate reasons – to be the Big Ten champ, and I, I am very firmly on the bandwagon that Illinois at least deserves a share. Of. You can you can put that down for posterity.
0: Good. See now now you'll be a f- Illinois fans are going to love you now. So there you go. You you made them all happy. So it, it's it's an interesting thing. I you know you look at the way and I know they went by a uh, winning percentage what they decided but I think they were assuming that. You know, Illinois got all twenty games in, which and so did Ohio. I mean, when you look at that, that's kind of amazing. And they won sixteen. I think that's the most wins a team has ever had in the Big Ten and not not gotten a share of the title. So it goes sixteen and four. So, um, of course, they used to play eighteen games and sixteen games, so that would be almost impossible then. But but yeah, it's it's obviously I I think they've they've done a great job, earned it. I, I felt like if Michigan had beaten Michigan State on Sunday. I don't feel like Illinois really had a would have had a compelling case then because yeah. at 15 and two, I feel like Michigan was it would be a legit. But I, I feel like now you know 14 and three, 16 and four, and you're actually ahead if you go by games back. I think that's yeah. kind of a weird.
3: Right, right. And and I mean you 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 not only won the head to head. And I know this doesn't this isn't necessarily the tiebreaker, but like you won the head to head and you won it in unbelievable fashion. I mean they ran them off the court. And I think that has to count for something. So you're talking about a team that, you know, you, you can't penalize Michigan for not getting in all 20 games. That's fair. Like, it's not right. their fault that they couldn't play all 20 games. So I don't think it's fair to, to, to pull it away from them. But I also don't think you need to penalize Illinois for getting in all 20 games and for winning the head-to-head. And, and frankly, if you just want to look at football season, the big Ten has shown that it is willing to revisit these decisions in what is the best interest and what's the most competitive thing that the league can put out there. I mean, no one's going to sit here and tell you that Ohio state didn't deserve to be in the big Ten football championship. They clearly really? did. They were clearly the best team in the conference. So you changed what you had decided on at the beginning of the season. You made that the, the policy. Like, and I don't, I, I know some people were maybe upset about that, but I think that was the smartest, fairest best thing for the conference to do. So in this case, both these teams have a, have a separate, but, you know, are they have different but equal, you know, arguments for why they should be the conference champion? Make them conference co-champions. Nobody's upset about that.
0: Yeah, and I would agree with you on Ohio State. I thought they were the best team in the Big Ten all year. They proved it on the field. Um, having them in the Big Ten championship game made sense. And, of course, right. they proved it also by beating uh, Clemson in the uh, college football playoff, right? So that's sure. a pretty good win. So, um, so as we look forward to this Big Ten tournament, you know, you got Illinois as the favorite, and, what do you see? Um, is there a game that you're looking for? You mentioned Illinois, Michigan. Is that probably the game that you really are looking forward to seeing? Possibly.
3: I would like to see that for sure. I would like to see Ohio State Purdue again. I might be in a very vocal minority of that because I mean those games were not aesthetically pleasing. But um, even when Ohio State was playing really really well, it couldn't beat Purdue. I mean Purdue won both both games against them this season, and so I'm interested to see if Ohio State can can make that adjustment. I think back to a couple years ago when they. Uh, came a game short of winning a big 10 title and Penn state denied it to them because Penn state swept the regular season series and then beat them in the first round of the big 10 tournament. Uh, I'd like to see how Ohio state's response, if it's able to get there and, and play the Boilermakers on Friday. Um, you know, I, I am, as I go down the list, it's like, I just, I have no confidence in Wisconsin. I'm not interested in Indiana. I don't think Rutgers has any chance of beating Illinois. Um, you know, Michigan state, Maryland, I think is an intriguing game, but I don't like either of them to advance beyond that. I just think that, I think that the top four, top five of the Big Ten is so strong. Like, I guess just give me, give me Saturday. You know, we could get to a Saturday <laughs> where you've got, you got Michigan, Ohio State, or Purdue, and then you got Illinois and Iowa. Like, sign me up for that. Yeah. Because um, I just, I don't see some of these. I don't see Minnesota, Northwestern, Nebraska, Penn State, Wisconsin, Indiana, or Rutgers. I don't see any teams having a, a chance against those the top level talent right now. I just don't.
0: Yep. I, I kind of agree with you. I I, I was told somebody I, you're looking at like a final four level final four in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, like yes, it's a national yes. final four, basically yes. um, in the Big Ten tournament. Well, Adam, Adam Jardy, Columbus Dispatch. Thanks for joining us on Thirty for Thirty. We uh, we appreciate your time again. You know, we're, this is becoming commonplace now. You and I talking uh, via Zoom. So hopefully, yeah. we get to see each other in Indy this weekend, and maybe for the next few weekends uh, yeah. if if they make a run. It seems like Indy is going to be our home away from home coming up. So
3: yeah, yeah, um, I'm going to pack a big suitcase.
0: Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. All right, Adam Jardy, Columbus Dis- Dispatch, joining us. Thanks again for coming on, and uh, we'll see you this weekend in in uh, Indianapolis.
3: Yep, appreciate it. Thanks for having
1: me. Joining 30 for
0: 30 now is Ryan Newbert of uh, Golden Black, Black and Gold, goldenblack.com. I you know, Purdue Rivals. He's he does it all. He covers Purdue football, Purdue basketball. You know, knows all the inside in Purdue. He's been doing it for Couple years, and uh, he uh, he's got some insight in Purdue. So, Brian Noobs, I have my first question for you: Is this who's the most overlooked team in the Big Ten, and why is it Purdue? <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know if they're overlooked so much anymore. Uh, you know, they took advantage of a pretty manageable schedule down the, the down the stretch. They played a lot of their hardest Big Ten games up front. They went to Illinois, they went to Iowa, they went to Rutgers right out of the gate, and I think that really benefited them through the course of the year. Uh, To where they got better from that. They were able to win at Michigan State. They were able to win at Ohio State. And then they were able to play some of their best basketball at the end of the year. Uh, Obviously, um, you know, of their last five wins to close the regular season, one was at Nebraska, one was at Penn State, uh, one was at home against Indiana. Those are obviously three teams that, you know, are sub 500 in the league, but they still beat Wisconsin at home. They still won at Michigan State. After Michigan State, seemed to channel something after they got their doors blown off at Iowa. So that was a good win too, but they didn't get the Illinois. They didn't get the Michigan's. They didn't get the Ohio state's down the, down the end of the regular season schedule. Uh, but they are playing their best basketball this season. They, they have been easy to overlook. I'm sure because they're so young and I don't know if they necessarily have any of the, any of the big 10's marquee stars. You know, I, I, I don't know how much people really, Know about Travion Williams who aren't watching Purdue every night, um, and I'm not sure he's got, kind of got that star power to him anyway. Certainly not the Luca Garza, Io, Kofi Coburn t- sort of larger than life type of persona. I, I just don't think people know Purdue's team as well because most of these guys weren't even on the team last year. So and Purdue was bad last year too, so that didn't help either. So I think that's if anybody's overlooking them, that's probably why.
0: Yeah, you know they've had a great they've had a great year. I mean you got to admit this has been. I think it's better than anyone expected Uh, Matt Painter Matt Painter definitely got some consideration for coach of the year I think behind Jawan Howard he was probably right up there Um, you know Michigan had such a magical season I guess and but I I thought probably as far as just overachieving Matt Painter probably had this Purdue team overachieving compared to their preseason uh, expectations so they're they're heading into the Big Ten tournament they get the four seed. Um, You have four top 10 teams and Ohio State's one of those and they're the five seed. So uh, four top 10 teams nationally in the big 10 and Purdue sneaks into that four seed. What, what, what do they look like heading into the tournament? They help. You say they're playing their best basketball, everybody healthy, all good to
4: go.
1: Yeah. uh, As far as I know um, now, Purdue's dealt with a lot of crap too this year. Uh, You know, before the season started, Eric Hunter hurts his knee. He misses the start of the year. Jaden Ivey, comes up with a foot problem after the very first game. He misses five games. Sasha Stefanovic gets COVID mid-season, misses three games, then isn't the same for a couple games thereafter. These are really important guys. Before the season, Ethan Morton, who was going to be a really big contributor for them, uh, one of their freshman guards got mono. In a COVID year, he gets mono. Go figure. Um, So they're finally whole, and they finally had some continuity here. Uh, So I think, that's probably mattered. Uh, but I think it also comes down to their freshmen. I think their freshmen are all settled in now. They're all in, in a position where they can be as good as they can be. And that, that's kind of what, you know, perhaps what people don't understand about Purdue this year either is that Purdue tends to get this kind of perception rightfully so sometimes, but they always, they have, they have this perception that they always do more with less. Well, well, that's not the case this year because Purdue's freshmen are as talented as any freshman class in the Big Ten, if not more so. I, I think Purdue has top third of the Big Ten type of talent this year. They have better players in Indiana. They have better players in Michigan State. They have better players in Wisconsin. I think they're right up there with Iowa. Um, they don't have the experience a lot of those teams have. I don't think they have an Iowa. I don't think they have a Kofi uh, necessarily. I don't think they have Michigan's talent quite yet. But they're right up there with some of those teams, and uh, I th- I think they they probably have just as good a talent level as Ohio State, and that that's not something you've always been able to say about Purdue. They've not always gotten that level of player, but now with Jaden Ivy, Zach Eady, you know Brandon Newman, Mason Gillis to a lesser extent, he's sort of your classic Purdue recruit. But um, this is a pretty talented team too, and it, it's just been kind of a matter of getting those guys on board and getting them comfortable, getting them up to speed. And I think Purdue's juniors have done a good job being consistent and kind of setting a tone and giving Purdue the leadership and competitive edge they didn't have last year. And once the freshmen all got to a place where they could play their best basketball of this, of this season, um, that's kind of where Purdue is right now. And that's why they're trending upward at, at the exact right moment.
0: Yeah, I I wrote about them this week. I actually called them the baby boilers, kind of back to the freshman team back in, you know, with Hummel and those guys, Hummel Moore. And this is probably the most talented class they've had since then, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, This has been the best couple years of Purdue's recruiting um, in my frame of reference. And I've been doing this, as you mentioned before, more than a few years. But what they have, what they brought in this year, what they brought in last year, and then what they're bringing in next year in Caleb First and Trey Kaufman Wren, um, they're sitting in a pretty good spot here. This isn't the Purdue that people didn't understand two years ago because Grady Eifert was their starting power forward. And everybody looked at Grady Eifert and said, how in the hell can you win with Grady Eifert? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, I think Purdue's going to have, have legitimate top 20, top 15 talent nationally, you know, starting next year. They, they're pretty close to it right now. You know, Travion Williams is a really high-end player too. Uh, but this freshman class, you know, I don't know how long they're going to have all these guys. Jaden Ivey's a pro. I think, I think Zach Eadie's a pro. Uh, on what schedule they work on, I have no idea. But Purdue's got some, got some really good young players uh, in its program right now and some more coming in next year.
0: So as you, you look at this Big Ten tourney, uh, Brian Newbert from Golden Black joint joining us today, he's got a – got this Big Ten tourney in loaded field at the top. Is there anybody from the bottom that any games you're looking forward to or teams that you think could make a run um, out of that bottom group, you know, basically six through 14? Um, The top five seem to be uh, pretty set, but those six through 14.
1: Yeah, I I would say Rutgers. I would say maybe Wisconsin. I don't think any of the teams playing on Wednesday uh, are – I think Minnesota called it a season a few weeks back. I think the Gabe, I think the Gabe Kalshore injury really hurt them. I think Richard Petino's probably used up the ninth of his nine lives there uh, is on his way out. Penn state, I think is at the end of their road. I, I, I think Nebraska has got to be gassed and I just don't think Northwestern has it in them. Uh, of the rest of the teams there uh, from six down, I still think Rutgers could have been better than they were this year. And I can't believe I'm saying that about Rutgers, but I feel like maybe they sort of hit their ceiling a little bit in the big 10, because I don't know if you're going to have a a better group than this. I don't know if you're going to have ever have more experience than this. I think, I think Ron Harper's a legitimate guy. I think Jacob Young's a legitimate guy. Geo Baker's a legitimate guy. I think Miles Johnson's an NBA player. Um, And it just didn't, it just didn't add up for them. Um, You know, I, I'd always worry about Michigan state in this position. I think they have a really limited upside off offensively, uh, but what they've been able to do the last few weeks is really make things ugly, and uh, you know play typical uh, typical rock fight Michigan State basketball. I don't know how well that plays in tournament settings, but I I, I would never like facing a desperate Michigan State team. Maryland should be desperate. Uh, I don't know how good they are, but for them to have lost the games that they lost, uh, time to stretch. They they have to win. I don't know if they can win the thing or they can get to the final, but, you know, that's another team I probably wouldn't want to play. Wisconsin's old enough to be half the league's dads. So uh, <laughs> I think that's always – there's always something to be said for that. I don't think they're very good, though. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think – I think they were a disappointment. Now, that being said, if you go 500 in this year's Big Ten, that's still a pretty damn good season. But when you, when you frame that against expectations, when you shared the Big Ten title last year – and you have the most experienced team in the country. You'd like to be a little bit better than 500, obviously, but still, I don't think anybody enjoys playing against Brad Davison. You know, I think Demetri Trice can get hot. I think that, uh, I wouldn't take them lightly. Uh, but if I had to pick one of those teams that would, I think could win a couple games, it would be, it would be records. Probably they get a pretty favorable matchup right out of the gate. Uh, they gave Indiana real problems this year. And, um, uh, Perhaps they build up a little momentum, start making some shots, and uh, upset some people.
0: Yeah, of course. Then they get Illinois in the second round, um, and they beat Illinois um, in the regular season back a long time ago, back in December. But still, um, as, you, as you kind of look at this, do you have a you have a favorite, a team that you think is going to be the the there at the end of the weekend?
1: Illinois. Just because I think that they looked like a force of nature down the stretch, I think they have reason. They, did, they seem motivated by the fact that they, they couldn't get a share of the regular season title. Sometimes these postseason events come down to uh, who wants to win the most. And I, th- I think Illinois has a, cer- a certain chippiness about it that could be channeled in a setting like this and could, um, could really be productive for them now that they're whole, now that, that they have I.O. back, now that Andre Corbello played so well without him and he's probably taking a step as a player. When you look at Purdue, I think you know Sasha Stefanovic being out I think really helped Jaden Ivy along. And when you look at Illinois, I think I.O. being out those three games or those two games, however many he missed. I guess he only missed two, right?
0: Uh, he missed three, actually. He missed three, three. okay. Yeah. So he
1: missed the three games and then that probably helped Curbelo Become something maybe even a little bit more than he was before, and he was pretty good before that. So, I just think Illinois is trending well. I think Illinois is really good, and I think Illinois has reason to be pretty motivated. So, that's why I'd pick them.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, you know, it's funny. You could see, you know, you get to that semifinal round, and you could have, you're going to have four potentially four legitimate final four contenders in the Big Ten tournament semifinals. I mean, that's four that, – that's a great – that's such a – I don't know that I remember a Big Ten being this strong at the top, you know, those first five teams. Well, you got four in the top ten, five in the top 20. That's that's a pretty impressive season,
1: no doubt. Yeah, it's, it's – uh, you know, in Indiana high school basketball, the sectional draws sometimes put, like, two of the best teams in the state up against one another on, like, the second weekend. And, like, it feels like that's what you're dealing with here in the Big Ten. Um, super pool play. In AU terms.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's
1: what the Big Ten is. And you know what? I think when the Big Ten gets the NCAA tournament, they're going to be even better. Because I think when they all get away from one another, when they get away from the coaching, when they get away from the scouting, when they get away from the physicality, provided the games are called in a conducive (laughs) manner, I think all of these Big Ten teams are going to be even better. And I think when you look at Purdue's NCAA tournament run a couple years ago, You know, they were so over scouted and everybody knew what they were doing and everything was so physical the way they ran their offense. As soon as they got to the NCAA tournament, it was like everything was so much easier. Villanova had no idea how to switch a screen off the ball against Purdue's actions. Um, You know, all of a sudden Carson Edwards had room to move. Ryan Klein had room to move. And suddenly they they get within an eyelash of the final four. I think you could see that in the Big Ten this year. I think you could see them get away from one another and then three teams get to the Elite Eight or something like that, or three teams get to the, at least to the Sweet 16 or the, or the Elite Eight, and um, as many as two in the Final Four. And it would have to be two because one would have to beat another Big Ten team probably on the second weekend right. to get to the Final Four. That's what's going to be interesting about the pairings is that if you have nine Big Ten teams, they're going to have to, are going to have to gerrymander things a little bit to make the bracket work so that big 10 teams can't play each other in the sweet 16. So there's going to be some teams that might be four seeds otherwise who might get bumped down to fives. There might be some threes, move up to twos, something like that. Um, but I do think the big 10 is not to be trifled with come NCAA tournament time.
0: What's Purdue look like seed wise? You, I've seen them four, four, five line. Yeah. Probably. Everybody
1: thinks they're a four. Uh, again, I, I think somebody might move up. Somebody might move down a little bit just to make the bracket work. Uh, so I, I don't know if I'd put all that much, uh, stock in seating this year as, as much as I would other years. It always comes down to matchups anyway, but, um, I think Purdue's probably a four. I think they're probably pretty locked in too. I, I don't know if the big 10 tournament's going to affect them at all. Um, and I don't think the big 10 tournament's going to affect Illinois, Michigan, Ohio state all that much either. Um, you know Iowa too. Now we'll see about Joe Wieskamp. camp. Uh, that could be something that the committee takes into consideration. Um, if Ohio State hasn't moved off the two line by losing four straight games to end the regular season, I don't know what's going to move anyone from the Big Ten. I just think the Big Ten has such unbelievable gravity this year, um, and that's probably the Big Ten. We're, that's probably the Big Ten we're looking at from here on out. I think yeah. that you know the Big Ten has really made a move here the last couple of years. The coaching is so good. They're recruiting at a high enough level. Under normal circumstances, they're scheduling at a pretty good uh, at a pretty good level that 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 is kind of is kind of gaming the net system and all that stuff. So, I think this is kind of the new normal for the Big Ten where if you're 500 in the league, you're in the NCAA tournament. If you're a game under 500 in the league, you're probably in the NCAA tournament. If you're two games under 500 in the league, you have a real good chance of being in the NCAA tournament. I mean, you know, Purdue near made the NCAA tournament last year and they were like 15 and 14. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's just kind of the nature of the big 10 these days.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough time to be a Nebraska, a Penn state a Minnesota or a Northwestern trying to, yeah. get up that ladder because the teams are or, or indiana we've seen that with indiana yeah. it's a it's a tough time for these teams to kind of raise their level um to get to that level because the other teams have so much talent um and depth of talent too right. so you see that with you know purdue loses guys they win illinois loses guys they win iowa loses guys they still win you know it, it, so it, it's a it's definitely tough Uh, I think Michigan State's
1: kind of the face of that because any other league this year, Michigan State does typical Michigan State things. They're probably, you know, a 20 win team, Um, even though I don't know how good they are. But you just it's just really hard to be young in the Big Ten. And that's sort of what makes Purdue season a little bit extra impressive is that not only – did they have the success they had? They had it against the competition they had, and they also lost their most winnable game on the schedule to COVID, uh, the home game against Nebraska. So 13 and six is essentially 14 and six. But I think Michigan State's kind of the face of, this was just not a good year to be down. Uh, And I don't know if there's ever going to be a good year to be down um, in the Big Ten. Uh, for, For Indiana, that's probably a team that's three or four, five wins better if they're in another league. Yeah, but it's just it's just kind of kind of the nature of it. But it also comes back around because I don't think anybody's expecting you to have to win 18, 19, 20 games in a year like this to make the NCAA tournament either uh, because yeah. of the of the context of what you're playing against. Right. So right. it is just kind of a, a fascinating dynamic and. The days of having to win 20 games to get in the NCAA tournament are long gone because now, as I said, you know, Purdue is 15 and 14 last year going to the Big Ten tournament. They were still very much on the bubble. And I think Indiana was slightly better and they were considered to be in. And that was a normal year uh, you know, in terms of the extent of the season. So, you know, Maryland is three games over 500 right now, and they're still projected to be in the tournament. So it is really interesting.
0: Yep. It's a loaded big 10. There's no question. Toughest conference in the country. One of the toughest of all time. And we get to see them all this weekend in Indianapolis. We're going to watch them play. Uh, I don't know how close we'll be, but at least we'll be in the building. So I'm, I'm happy about that. So it's going to be fun. Brian Newbert, goldenblack.com. Appreciate you coming on to 30 for 30 this week. Uh, look forward to seeing you this weekend. And uh, hopefully we get to see uh, uh, some exciting basketball.
1: No problem, Brad. Don't jinx the Big Ten Tournament. There's still a lot of temperatures to be taken here, so true. Hey, you never we'll, know.
0: If we can get Fred Hoyberg out of there with his illness <laughs> for the first day, that'll be good. Right. No
1: doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Thanks.
0: Next guest today, from the Michigan Rivals site, the Wolverine, we've got Clayton Safey. Who is joining us to talk about the Michigan Wolverines, who are the top seed in the Big Ten tournament coming up? They're uh, coming off a, a actually a loss to Michigan State, where they had a little bit of a, a t- tough you know a tough situation with a, a couple injuries. So where are they at health wise heading into the Big Ten tournament, Clayton?
4: Yeah, I was going to say not much to talk about, right? As uh, Michigan and <laughs> Illinois writers right now, especially yeah. talking to each other about everything. Yeah. But yeah, uh, with the injuries. Uh, Eli Brooks, kind of a scary moment about four or five minutes into that game, twists his ankle and it looked pretty darn bad uh, right off the bat. Jawan Howard and the trainer actually carried him off. He couldn't put any weight on it, uh, carried him off. He went to the bench and looked pretty distraught when the cameras caught him there. Uh, Then we saw him hobble into the locker room and, um, it's been pretty tight-lipped after that. We're starting to hear some good things that it's not season ending. It's not one of those ones where it's like a break or anything like that uh, is a sprain. Um, but Jawan Howard did not want to uh, give away any secrets uh, at his press conference on Monday, understandably. So uh, if you're him, obviously we'd love to know. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, you know, I want to say my gut says no uh, on the big 10 tournament this weekend, but yes, for the NCAA tournament, and that's probably smart if he's not close to 100%. Um, and then Franz Wagner was limping on the last play of the game. Uh, he's been practicing, so nothing there. Um, and Sean D. Brown's been a little nicked up and limping at times and reaggravating over the last couple of weeks, but uh, nothing new there. And I think these guys, and this goes for every team in the Big Ten, uh, this little break here, uh, unless you're playing the Wednesday night game tonight, uh, this little break is going to be beneficial for most teams because everybody's banged up at this time of the year, especially when you're playing so many games that all these teams have have been because of the uniqueness of this season.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a different year. Of course, we got it. We got to bring up the the elephant in the room, Illinois and Michigan. It's like this <laughs> this crazy thing, you know. Illinois, uh, Josh Whitman writes the letter to the uh, team talking about you know things that he, he campaigned. I know with the Big Ten, thinking they should have got a right. championship. Um, what are your, what are, from Michigan's perspective, what's your, what are your thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, I, I think he has a, uh, a case to, you know, be talking to the other, you know, big 10 ADs and Kevin Warren and all that. I thought it was a little much to go out with the, uh, the open letter, but at the same time, um, this has been something the fan base has been fired up about. And I think that the Illinois fans are happy that he did it right. It's, it's always nice as a fan or, you know, even as media you know where we interact so much with these fans when the administration and things like that are supportive and in tune with you know what the fans are talking about. Um, from a Michigan perspective, I, th- I mean, a lot of the fans are pretty. Um, you know, they just kind of think that Illinois is kind of complaining and whining a little bit. Um, but uh, you know, in um, I think going into these tournaments, it could serve as motivation for Brad Underwood's team and it could only benefit them. So I'd say use it as uh, as fuel. But from a Michigan perspective, uh, some of the fans are a little fired up and that's why I think if they meet Sunday in that big 10 championship game, uh, it'll make it that much more interesting and the storylines will be uh, we'll have quite a bit to write about, put it like that.
0: Yeah, boy, that it'll be fun. I mean, I, I this big 10 tournament, I, I, I don't know that I ever remember the big 10 being, and, and we've seen big 10 with depth. We've had a lot of good yeah. teams for, but to have four teams ranked in the top 10, and then a fifth team in Purdue, who actually is the four seed, who is ranked in the right. top 20. I mean, what a – such – the top five in this league are just really, really good. And I don't think that – I don't want to say that to diminish the next tier because Wisconsin got a share last year basically as almost everybody back, and they're, right. they're, they're all 30. So, I mean, you know, so they're, they're, they're better, maybe, you know, saw what they did in the non-conference to a couple teams. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and Rutgers has a good team. I mean, they have a lot of talent. I mean, maybe they haven't played as well as they think Michigan state is Michigan state. And so this is a really good big 10. How excited is this? Are you to see all these teams in one venue this weekend?
4: Well, and I'm very excited. And I'm also more excited because we didn't have it last year. If you remember Michigan was warming up on the floor there with no fans in the arena Got called off before the whole world went crazy. Now it's it's crazy. It's been a year and we're still in a semi similar spot. But we have the Big Ten tournament, and we have, like you said, four or five teams that are really, really, really good. And I think Purdue's only not ranked really higher because they kind of got off to a weak start to the season. But uh, credit Matt Painter for what he's done with that group. He's got what six freshmen. Jaden Ivy looks like a stud. He's going to be a guy to watch for years yep. to come here in the conference. But Um, yeah, I think we've seen deeper big tens in terms of like teams that are going to get in the tournament. Um, but I don't think we've seen in recent memory. Yeah. Like you said, this many teams at the top that are all expecting to get to what the elite eight, trying to get to the final four, thinking that they have a chance to win it. Um, you know, whether it's valid or not, you're in the conversation where you could make a case for each of those teams to get to the final four uh, and stay in Indy for four weeks. How crazy is that? Um, Jawan Howard said he's packing his bags for 30 days or a month or whatever it is. And I think that's the case with everybody. Um, and you know, see what happens, but I'm excited. I think, uh, Illinois, I was surprised to see they're not the betting favorite, um, for what I've seen Michigan still is at the same time. I can kind of understand that, um, outside of the Eli Brooks injury, you know, had a, had a very, very good season Purdue is actually my dark horse. Um, and I think Ohio State, We've shown they've shown the capability to, uh, to do some really, really good things. They just haven't really shown it down the stretch here. Uh, that was a heck of a game, by the way, last week too with Illinois and Ohio State.
0: It was, it was good. You know, and Ohio State's one of those teams they've lost four straight, but yet at the same time, they've, you know, you look at who they've lost to, Iowa, Michigan, Illinois, and then at yeah. Michigan State. I mean, and they lost some really close games, you know, that's not exactly anything to sneeze at. That's probably why they haven't slid past like ninth in the polls because they're like, right. They're losing, but they're losing to teams that are above them. Um, some really good teams. So as we go into this weekend, I mean, and I, I look at this weekend, you're legitimately looking at, you could have final four level basketball in the big 10 tournament semifinals. I yeah. mean, potentially, whether it's Ohio state or Purdue playing Michigan and Illinois and Iowa in that second game Saturday, I mean, does it I don't it's it's amazing what a great atmosphere that is I mean I think that's why they had to have the Big Ten tournament this year just to get these these matchups and to get this kind of um national it's going to be national publicity too I mean everybody's been watching this because yep. these teams are so good is there anybody else that you look at maybe Michigan State obviously beat Michigan is, is there what, what are the Wolverines saying about getting a, maybe getting another shot at Michigan State in that first round
4: I think a lot of the fans want it at the same time they're hesitant after Sunday, uh, especially, you know, we've seen what this team is without Eli Brooks. They actually were without him uh, against Minnesota back in January in that uh, loss, which now looks like a horrible loss in his. Yeah. Uh, but Minnesota was playing a little bit better back then. And then, you know, we saw uh, them without him for the last 35 minutes. At the same time, the rest of the team did not play. Uh, Well, until the end, until Hunter Dickinson and Franz Wagner started to turn it up at the end and get Michigan back in that game. Um, I think the fans want another crack at them at the same time. I think a lot of fans, you know, we've had discussions about that on our message board where there's, uh, you know, fans talking about the first game and and who could be the possible, uh, you know, opponent, Maryland or Michigan State. It's like for a lot of people, it's tough for them to root for, you know, Michigan State on a, you know, in a game that would give them momentum as well. Having played the day before uh, at the same time, I think a split season split between Michigan and Michigan state feels like a, a negative feels like a loss for Michigan this year, just because of how much better they've been throughout the entire year. But as far as Michigan state and their chances of making a deep run this weekend, this may come back to bite me, but I don't think they have a ton. I, I think that they're a team that can beat anyone, but I don't know if they're consistent enough to sustain that for four straight I games, but the same time uh crazier things have happened and i'd put them in the conversation to get to the semis at least um you know we'll see what i expected to be tight between michigan and michigan state if they play on friday
0: yeah both teams both those teams defend well michigan and michigan state both kind of play and 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 iso wants it to be kind of what do they call it the big 10 rock fight kind of thing where right you know it's a low scoring kind of grinder of a game and he's going to run some isos to langford and henry and just kind of let it you know be a physical affair if if he wants to do that as you kind of look at Michigan though Big Ten awards came out did Michigan had the number one defense in the conference yeah and yet uh you look at the Big Ten all defensive team I actually had uh Wagner as my defensive player of the year because I felt I felt like his versatility defensively you look at his box score plus minus, you look at his, the defensive efficiency when he's on the floor versus when he's off the floor, you look at his steals, blocks, all those things that he's able to do. Were you surprised that they didn't get more kind of notoriety from a defensive standpoint?
4: Yeah, I thought there was a good chance. So I think Eli Brooks deserved to be on the all defensive team as well. And then I also kind of, um, if I had a ballot, I probably would have put in Franz Wagner on the defensive uh, player of the year as well, because I, I think he's that disruptive, at the wing spot, especially in a, in a league with so many good guards and wings that he has taken away. Um, I'm not surprised that Brooks didn't make it on the all defensive team, because I think a lot of these voters, I think this was just the coaches that uh, do the defense yes. um, probably don't watch as many games outside of just watching film and their own games. They, like they don't watch it for that necessarily. Uh, and probably looked at blocks steals and things like that. That's why it surprises me that Franz Wagner didn't even make the all defensive team because he ranked in the top 10, 15, in basically all those categories. Plus you look at plus minus, you look at uh, defensive rating on Ken Palm. I think he's number five in the country, uh, or top 10, at least, um, depending on where it's moved. I know I looked at it about a week ago. Um, so I was surprised that he wasn't honored at least in some form or fashion. But Trent Frazier, I think, was deserving. Some of those guys were deserving to be on there. Um, but I think you had to find a way to put him in at least that top five.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I and I was kind of shocked. I was surprised that he wasn't I, I was shocked that he wasn't on the team, and I, I thought he had a good chance to win the award. So yeah. Maybe, maybe he Illinois's got their motivation headed into the tourney. Maybe you know, Wagner has his now. I'm gonna, you know, he's gonna score. So, I was gonna
4: say, yeah, I was gonna say, we actually get him on a press conference here in a couple hours, and I'm planning on asking him, you know, was he surprised and is that gonna be motivation for him? And I'm sure he'll, you know, downplay it a little bit. And they have other motivations, you know, obviously yeah. each team they just want to win for themselves, but at the same time, I think a fired up. Uh, player, you know, other guys probably around the league have felt snubbed. You kind of see that sometimes in the Big Ten uh conference tournament. Um I remember Derek Walton was like third team yep. all Big Ten uh, a few years ago, and he felt like he should have got first team, and it kind of motivated him. They ended up winning the Big Ten tournament. Obviously, uh, other factors at play, you want to win that. They actually got in a plane crash before that tournament, uh and they kind of were playing with house money at that point. Just yep. lucky, lucky they were there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. And that's why I love the Big Ten. When, we came, when I came on uh, last week, your podcast, we were talking about the little beefs and the little things that kind of make the Big Ten so fun. Uh, this is just another one of them.
0: Yeah, I remember that game actually I, I think they played Illinois in their in practice, their practice.
4: Years. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so, so I remember that yeah that it was it's like you can't even you know, it was kind of a it kind of signaled uh, some some problems there in the uh, Illinois program at that time so uh, right. so they yeah, as you look at the do you have a favorite do you have a, a game you're looking for? I mean obviously maybe it's Michigan Illinois on Sunday, but is there a favorite to this tournament that you think is playing maybe the best right now or your pick?
4: I think Illinois is playing the best. What, 12 out of 13? Um, I would like to see Illinois-Michigan match up in the championship if they both can get there. Uh, Like I said, Purdue's kind of my dark horse or Ohio State. I would be excited to see a Purdue-Ohio State game uh, on Friday if all goes according to plan. I think that will be the matchup. Um, Man, what about you? Who's a team that doesn't have a double bye that could win this thing? I guess Ohio State um, we've talked about maybe outside of the top five. Do we think, like, a Wisconsin could turn it on at some point? So,
0: I think Wisconsin's a really bad matchup for Illinois. I mean, yeah. Illinois just really handled them easily, even without yep. Iowa. Um, and Trice had to go nuts for them to even make the second game that, competitive. That was which insane. was insane. Yeah. But I, I think Wisconsin actually ha- doesn't match up poorly with Iowa, um, especially if Wies camps out. If yep. camp can't play, I think they could maybe beat that, win that game. And then – so, I, they would be, like, one, maybe if Rutgers then somehow – pulls an upset over Illinois. And then you've got a Wisconsin Rutgers, maybe Wisconsin could get there. They're old. I mean, these, these dudes yes. are, I mean, and maybe they can't play four days in a row because they are old. I don't know. Is that, do you get worse? Like a, a sure. when you're old as me, maybe that happens. I don't, maybe not as old as them, but no, but uh, so, but I, I like it then there, I don't think they're that good, but they're also a team that, you know, if they shoot the three, well, they, they could hang with people. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm not sure they're there. Rutgers is a team that I think has a lot of talent. Um, when you look at Young and Baker and Harper and Johnson, those are four pretty good guys. And Mulcahy makes everybody else on the other teams mad. So, you, you know, you've got yes. kind of that, that, that role player guy who's kind of the anger. Makes everybody they angry. They defend. So yeah. They do. They do guard. And they for me, they've kind of been a disappointment, to be honest. Uh, they've I lost agree. some games I didn't expect. So, I don't know. I, I don't see any of the bottom four teams making a run. Uh, Michigan State, you mentioned earlier, they'd probably be one. Um, that could maybe get to the semis or something. I just don't think they can put together, like you say, four games. I haven't been consistent enough to put together four games,
4: and I agree. Uh, same thing with Maryland there. I, I just, yep. I mean, they have they can beat anyone, obviously. They've started to defend the last month or so, but Mark Turgeon, man, he just has a way of uh blowing yeah. things.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they find a way to not be as good as you think they are, so, exactly. Uh, there should be, yeah. yeah. I, I was one team I was also playing really well. I just the, the Wieskamp, I think Wieskamp's their second-best player behind Garza, and he yes. also does it on the defensive end. So I think losing him, if he's not able to play, and they're not sure, he's not practicing, obviously, and he was in a boot on Sunday. So I, if they don't have him this weekend, and maybe they're looking at it like, hey, we're a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. It doesn't matter whether we play Wieskamp this weekend and have him re-injure it. So yeah, they, they would be a team that I, I don't know. I think when they're healthy, they're really good. off. They're so good offensively. They've actually started to guard people now which you know, yeah. they've gone from like 150 and Ken Palm defensively to 61, which although 61, I mean, no, no team's gone to the final four being outside the top 50, I think ever, nope. but at least they're in the mix now, you know, at 150, it was like, you know, they're, they're not even in conversation.
4: Well, if you're and if you're in the sixties now, that means you're probably playing closer to 40 or 30 exactly. to get yourself. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. And I've seen them play some better defense. Um, yeah I think it's going to be really really interesting I actually do have Michigan losing to Purdue though if Eli Brooks is not um available I'm not sure how motivated this team is going to be for this tournament but at the same time you lost two out of three so something's got to wake you up um but I think fans around Ann Arbor are a little bit feeling a little bit sketchy about this tournament just because of health and just because of uh you know, the fact that this team hasn't played that well over the last week. So sometimes though, all you need to do is get into postseason play, um, whether that's a Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament. And, you know, it's kind of a breath of fresh air a little bit. You play a little looser and you see what happens.
0: Yeah, it's funny, though. You know, you talk about this tournament, maybe not having the same. Some teams don't have the same motivation. Like Tom Kakert from was on here earlier talking about how Iowa in 2006 goes through, wins this loaded Big Ten tournament. And goes through and looking great, and they lose in the first round in Northwestern State in the NCAA tournament. Ugh. You don't remember they won the Big Ten tournament; you just remember they lost the first round of the NCAA. True. So, I think a lot of teams, I think they've gone through the season. The reason, like Illinois, has been then since August been in their bubble basically, and the reason they're doing that is so they can play in the NCAA tournament. Although they're playing in the Big Ten tournament, the, the next weekend is when the, it really matters. I think so. I think that's true of all these teams, especially. At I the agree. Time.
4: I agree. But you think Illinois got some extra motivation though, just because they feel snubbed. Right. I mean, for this, obviously they're motivated for NCAAs, but um, I mean, they're going to want this one and then the, and then they'll have a real Trent Frazier can hold up a real, uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe it won't be handwritten. Right. (laughs) Was that pencil? I think so. <laughs> it was just like, was I think good. that was kind of a spur of the moment thing. Hey, we we won. Let's, Hey, give me that. You know, I can yeah. see them doing that. So. Oh, that's
4: funny. I would do the same thing if I were on the bench. There. Yeah,
0: exactly. I, you know, it's fun. I, I think it's great to have these little rivalries. I think it adds something to it. I know fans get a little bit too fired up and get angry and hate this guy or that guy. But yeah. for me, I think it's great. I think it's fun to see the coaches have a little bit of a kind of back and forth. And and, and that, you know, they were even talking post-game. Um, they were even talking post-game, talking about, you know, Howard and uh, uh, Underwood. But I know they – before the game, they they greeted did all that stuff and just kind of gave away post-game. I know Chin talked to Juwan after the game and, you know, fist bump. So, I, I don't think there's necessarily any deep-seated animosity there. It's just competitors, and they just want to compete. Right.
4: And right. So- uh, one of my favorite Big Ten beefs is the Iowa-Illinois, like, post-game stuff that just seems to happen every time they play. Yeah. So we could see an Iowa, Illinois made possible, like, you know, a little skirmish and then we could yeah. see it happen with Michigan on, on Sunday too. If, yep. You know,
0: <laughs> one thing I'll tell you, if there's a skirmish, Demonte Williams will be in the middle of it. Guaranteed. Okay. It's okay. guaranteed. <laughs> so I'll be watching so, for it. Yeah. So he's a, he's the, he's kind of the enforcer for Illinois. He's always there. Every back team's got to
4: have one. You yeah. got to
0: be back up your guys. So, all Great. right. Hey man, appreciate you coming on. Clayton safety from, uh, Michigan rivals we've uh we're looking forward to this weekend and will you be in Indy and checking it out down there
4: I will not be our Chris Ballas has our uh media pass down there our senior editor so he's going to be doing all the coverage but I'll be watching just about every game and covering our games here virtually so should be good
0: awesome yeah looking forward to it get to see some really good basketball this weekend all right Clayton safety appreciate you coming on 30 for 30 thanks man appreciate it Thanks to all the guys who came on this uh, week. Adam Jardy from Columbus Dispatch, Tom Cakert from Iowa Rivals, Clayton Safety, Michigan Rivals, Brian Newbert from the Purdue Rivals site. Uh, Appreciate these guys coming on and talking about their teams and what they're going to see from the Big Ten tourney. I guess as a a member of the Illinois media here, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Illinois. I think the Illini have, uh, they're playing well right now. They've won 11 of 12. They're Definitely, probably the favorite according to most people looking at this. Um, getting Sumu back, seeing him in the you know they've got the motivation. So, but I, there's some scary matchups. Um, I think Rutgers is underachieved a little bit this year. I think they're if they they're the matchup in the uh, round there. Um, Illinois has had a couple tight games with Indiana, so there's no nothing easy there. And then you get to Iowa in the semis. You know Iowa would want to beat them or possibly Wisconsin, you know, who they beat twice already. Um, you know, camp obviously a big question mark for Iowa. So I, I like Illinois' path, though, if, they, if they're playing well. My, my big thing with Illinois is if Illinois plays well, they are going to – they'll be in the championship game of the Big Ten tournament if they play their best basketball. Uh, and that's kind of where I look at the I heading into the Big Ten and the NCAAs. If they play their best basketball, they're going to be in the Big Ten tournament finals. They're going to be in the NCAA, you know, Elite Eight, Final Four, somewhere in there. And so that's what you're looking for um, heading into the postseason. So another uh, quick, quick shout out. IlliniGuys.com has a bracket challenge. If you've signed up to be an annual member um, at IlliniGuys.com, you can actually enter the bracket challenge. They're going to weigh a $1,000 in prizes. So there's an opportunity for you to win as long as you're a subscriber, a yearly subscriber. So feel free to jump in there. Also, you can cover, get all of our uh, coverage, my coverage from at uh, OrangeBlueNews.com, the Illinois Rivals site. So great opportunity to get uh, some great information over the next uh, few weeks.